Welcome to the Manchild Chronicles podcast, sports edition. Come join our team of armchair quarterbacks as we discuss, dissect, and debate all that sports had to offer this week. Let's welcome our hosts, Ryan, John, Mike, and Jay. Growing up never took so long. Hey, welcome in cronies to the Man Child Chronicles podcast sports edition. I'm here with my two best friends, John and Jay. We're going to get into this week's NFL action. What a great week of NFL it was. Some some of the games, not the Jets game though. How about you guys? <laughs> I think there were like more upsets this week like game like teams won that I did not think were going to win. This was a crazy week. This we was like g- every Bads team Super Bowl week, you know? Like, <laughs> it's it's your week to shine. It's your Super Bowl this week. A lot of good ri- rivalry games, and it showed up. If we're going to show up for one game this year, it's going to be this game this week. That's what a lot of these games felt like. That is what it felt like. And uh, getting down to the nitty-gritty, a lot of playoffs on the line here towards the end here. Let's get into the Thursday night action which was a humdinger of a game in the last drive. The rest <laughs> of the game, eh. The Raiders and the Rams, and the Rams won in true L.A. fashion, 17-16. to 16. What a dramatic win. The Rams started the game with their backup quarterback, John Wolford, and quickly, ooh, ooh, after ooh. one series, got replaced by Baker, the touchdown maker, <laughs> Hasn't he only been with the team for like two days? <laughs> two days. Two yes. days to learn a playbook. It was amazing. Uh, Kirk Herbstreet mentioned it 70 times in the game, in his broadcast, <laughs> that how unbelievable it was that he knew the playbook and the accuracy to throw and the timing to these receivers. And he had the ball going, what was it, 93 yards to finish the game, let them all the way down there. 98, 98 yard yards. Drive. Made two unbelievable passes, one to Ben Skrusnik and one to Van Jefferson for the touchdown. And they won the game, beating the Las Vegas. What a game. What a game for Baker. Time to resurrect his career. One of the funniest things I saw was uh, one of those reels or whatever, and the guy's like, well, I mean, Baker, like, how how did you do that? And he's like, I just threw it to Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's not in. And he's like, yeah, he's standing right over there. It's that Ben Skrownick or whatever. I'm like, that's hilarious. That was, I mean, that was the best game for Baker because all the star receivers are hurt. So all he has are his fifth string, sixth string guys that he that's loves all he likes. to. That's all he it wants. Was like, he was like, this is the, this is the dream. This is exactly yeah. what I've been looking for as a franchise. Take out all my great players, put in all these backup reserves, and I'm going to go off. Yeah, he doesn't how, like throwing, yeah. How bad is Las Vegas? Like, they, I thought the first half, like, I thought they put up some actually a pretty decent game. It was yeah. thirteen to three. They had scored like on their first three drives, um, a touchdown and then two field goals. I had players for fantasy football from the Raiders, mm. and so Ugh. I put in Mac Hollins. He has me at like eight point eight points going into the the half. Devontae Adams has me over ten points going into the half, and they ended the game at the exact same spots. 
they didn't score me not even one more point in fantasy in the entire second half. The difference between first half and second half was awful. Derek Carr looked awful. I'll tell you what it is. Here's here's the difference. It is Sean McVay, Super Bowl winning coach, to Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick's puppet. (laughs) That's why they had a good first half compared to a second half because (laughs) a good coach makes second half adjustments. A bad coach does nothing. And that's exactly what happened in that game. I really don't want to keep talking about this game, but the cool thing to me was the Las Vegas Vegas had so many fans there in L.A. because of the history of that team being the L.A. Raiders and all that. It was almost like a Raiders game there with all those fans in attendance. And for it to end that way, that just just had to hurt deep down in their souls wherever they are. Yep. But uh, let's move on to – Dirty Joe and the boys, man. Dirty Joe and, and the boys. 23 for the Bengals, 10 for the Browns. Um, you know, Joe Burrow is just so freaking cool and chill out there. Dirty Joe Mixon came back. He got 96 yards on the ground. So, Bengals keep rolling. I think they're 9-4 and four now in the season after they started off atrocious. So, Bengals are figuring out. Browns have a lot to figure out still. Deshaun's still adjusting to the game. Uh, <sighs> Anybody see him do, like, that model pose on the field when he was, like, stretching his leg or something during one of the drives? No. Did you guys see that? No. So he, like, got sacked or he got hit after he threw the ball. And, like, he's just on the ground with, like, his leg straight up. And he's, like, on his shoulder just bending his knee. And I'm just like, oh, he needs a massage. <laughs> is, that the, is that the move he did on the massage table? That's all I'm yeah. imagining. Like, hey, oh, ladies. Hey, stretching out my quads. So. We'll see how it keeps rolling there in Cleveland, but they kind of get their ground game going. And Deshaun, I think, had a couple hundred yards, a touchdown, a pick. But we'll see what happens there. I do want to say on the Bengals side, uh, if you play fantasy football, the Bengals and the Bengals beat reporters did us all dirty because they knew in pregame warm-ups that T. Higgins got hurt and they didn't report it to anybody. And... Any poor sap that started T. Higgins this week, me, and needed him to score points, he got you a big fat zero. Which trying is, to is, going into playoff football, yes, like playoff yes. football starts next week. Teams are literally trying to make it in, and they don't announce their. Besides, I, I know Jamar Chase is their number one, but T. Higgins has been their number one all year. They don't announce that yep. he's going to sit. That's dirty. You want to talk I about have, Dirty Joe? Dirty, baby. You, you don't call them Dirty Joe and the boys <laughs> for no reason. I have a... Welcome to school, fellas. The Bengals ah. were my team when I was a little kid, so I have a love for them. I want them to lose immediately in the first round now, just because of that. <laughs> uh, going into... Jay, you want to talk about the uh, Texans and Cowboys? Absolutely. Going into the uh, next game here, this is a game that... I was talking to my brother John on because he called me on Sunday because it was my birthday. That was very nice. Thank you, John. Happy, and, happy uh, birthday from the man-child crew. Happy, happy birthday from the man-child crew. We're so excited that it's your birthday. 
Nobody cares. Let's talk about the game. There it is. <laughs> and so we're talking about, uh, uh, we were talking about the Texans and Cowboys, and we were just blown away watching the Texans. And it's like, yeah, this is literally, they don't care what their record is. They're, we can win this game and still be the last place. Perfect. This is what we've prepared for all year, boys. And the Texans almost beat the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys, who were projected to uh, uh, win by over two touchdowns, squeaked out a four-point victory. Uh, the Cowboys win 27-23, to and it was scary for the Cowboys. I honestly thought they were going to lose. They had it. Was a the Texans had it. The yeah, Texans had did. the game. They get the turnover in the red zone. The cow, you know, in their red zone, they get the turnover. They're at the goal line. They just got to get a touchdown. They're up by 10. And they can't. Four and out. They go for it on fourth and goal, and they can't get into the end zone. And then Dak comes out, and he says, oh, yeah, this is the Texans. And he just drives <laughs> the ball all the way down the field and gets a game-winning touchdown. And you're just like, come on. Come on, Houston. Houston. You know, I didn't watch that game, but I didn't. I was following it on my phone. I don't understand what was going on in that game because Davis Mills was in, and then Driscoll was in, and then they're just playing them both. They're just playing them both, and it works going in and out, in and out. Cowboys are like, we don't know how to prepare for this Driscoll fella. (laughs) What's wrong with his neck? (laughs) Like, where where can I hit him? Where's his weak points? (laughs) Below the chin, above the chest. Get him, boys. Oh, we'll go to the next game here. Very hard-hitting affair. Do you want to go Jets? to the next game, right? Not really. We'll go to the Jets and the Bills. And the Bills, fortunately, the Jets lost another close one. 20-12, to 12, the Bills won. And the Bills did their best to murder somebody on a football field on national TV to Mike White, <laughs> hitting him running 40 miles per hour into the stomach and making his body bend like an elbow. Uh he still played. He's a trooper. But uh, the Jets had a chance to win this game, just like last week, a couple of times, and they just couldn't uh, couldn't do it. Uh, Mike or Quinn and Williams, who started that game, yep. when the Bills couldn't score, was you could not stop that guy. He was in Josh Allen's face every time he dropped back, and then he hurt his calf, and then they were able to score a couple of times. But hats off to the Jets. They pretty much shut everybody down on the Bills team except for Josh Allen and his running ability. Uh, nobody did anything on that team offensively. Um, and after nope. the game, Robert Sala said, we'll see him again this year. So I'm excited for that. Will they? They're 7-6 and six now, right? We'll see him again this year, John. <laughs> the uh, You know, Madden updates the rosters and ratings adjustments throughout the season, and there's a toughness rating. And if Mike White's not at a 99 after this game <laughs> on the toughness rating, Madden, you are not doing your job. I mean, there is nobody more tougher right now in the NFL than Mike White. Everybody else was just like, oh, I'm out. But he's like, all right, let's go in for some more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, uh, people are if people are questioning, like, well, how how hurt was he? Well, he was so hurt that after the game, they immediately called 911, rushed him to the hospital in an ambulance <laughs> just to make sure his internal organs yeah. were functioning and he could make a flight <laughs> home. That's how bad Mike White got hit. Um, when he got hit that second time, I knew for sure he was done. They took him to the back. They did x-rays 
And that guy came back out, put his helmet on, and said, let's go. It almost won us the game, yeah. It was good. In true tough fashion, though, Dan Campbell and the Lions pulled off an upset victory against the Minnesota Vikings in the Motor City this weekend. Detroit 34, Minnesota Vikings 23. I mean, I did not see them winning. I don't know if anybody else did. Jared Goff looked phenomenal, 330 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. When they give him time in the pocket, he is dropping dimes out on that field. Um, the whole receiving crew for the um, for the Lions looked good. I think three different people scored, multiple catches across the board from their teams. I mean, Dan Campbell, I've said it all along, great head coach. He's figuring this out, and he's going to keep this Detroit Motor City running. This is the first time they had all of their wide receivers healthy. Shark was healthy. St. Brown was healthy. Josh Reynolds was healthy. And their rookie, Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams was back and had a big catch, and he's he's getting healthier. Uh, yeah, they look good. Vikings defense got exposed. Yep. Lions put up a lot of points when they play at home. So you have to play. You got to keep up with them scoring. Kirk tried his best. He threw for over 12 o'clock Kirk. Threw for over 400 yards, but it just wasn't enough. All of it pretty much went to Jefferson. He had over 200 yards receiving, but they couldn't get in the end zone. Some bad are the Lions in. are the Lions going to make the playoffs? There's I think they. I think they have a good chance. They they have they have to play the Jets next week in New York. I think that's going to be really tough. I don't see them winning that, but I do see them winning their last three games. Uh, I think they can go three and four to finish the year, and I think they can squeak in because the Giants and the Commanders, who have the six and seven seed, have a very tough schedule. Both of them do, so I think the Lions can sneak in and be very exciting. Speaking of another big cat, we have the Jaguars versus the Tennessee Titans. And going into this game, I mean, it. I think the clear favorites are the Tennessee Titans, and the Jacksonville Jaguars rolled on them. They won thirty-six to twenty-two. That defense looked tough the first quarter I thought it was it was all Derrick Henry Derrick Henry had darn near a hundred yards in the first quarter rushing the ball um the, the Titans were pretty much just owning them and then all of a sudden the defense makes um makes King Henry um I think he lost two fumbles that game um Trevor Lawrence came out and he is honestly turning it around and looking good. He's looking like that number one overall draft pick. He had 368 yards, three touchdowns, and he found a new favorite weapon, Mr. Evan Ingram, with 162 yards and two touchdowns. Ryan, you told me a fun stat about Evan Ingram. What is that? He started the week at the number 12 fantasy tight end, and after that performance, he is now the number four Fantasy tight end on the season for points. Wow. Unbelievable. So that's either it tells you how good that game was or how bad the year has been for fantasy tight ends. For tight ends. <laughs> it's that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Blake Bortles. Bortles is the all-time greatest Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback of all time, but Trevor uh, Lawrence is making yeah. a good debate to get up there above yeah. him. I would put Mark <laughs> Brunel over Blake Bortles. but Oh, you have Bortles is at the top of the list, man. <laughs> he did make a term. Uh, for fantasy yes. football, he bordled, they call it bordling your way to a win because you get all the junk time at the end and just throw, yeah. throw, throw. <laughs> that was Blake Bortles. <laughs> uh, we're going to the next game here. The Mighty Mighty Eagles 
beat the Giants, crushed mm. them forty-eight to twenty-two, oh. and folks, it wasn't even that close. Nope. They blew them out of the water. Jalen Hurts looks like an MVP, just crushing it, throwing it, running it. AJ Tired. Brown looks Eagles great. Devontae looks Smith like looks MVP. good. Miles Sanders looks great. The defense looks great. Yikes! Watch out for them Eagles. Fly you could Eagles. Give fly. the entire team the MVP award, and I'd be like, yeah, I agree. Like that entire <laughs> team is just phenomenal this year, man. Giants have played some tough games this year and kept them close, and the Eagles just went in there and said, eh, not this week, New York. Yeah. Well, let me show you how to play football. Yep. John, you want to talk about the Ravens and the Steelers? Oh, yeah, Ravens and Steelers. Ravens got 16 on the board, and the mighty Steelers could only put up 14 against them. I think the third-string quarterback came in for the Ravens at some points, and uh, J.K. Dobbins had a huge run, I believe, for a touchdown, and the Ravens defense sealed the game with an interception by Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith, I believe. Both got picks in that game, and... You know, that Ravens defense is good enough. Don't turn the ball over on offense. They're going to get you a win. Yep, they just squeaked that one out. Roquan Smith, uh, great game. Got the interception, and he knocked out uh, Kenny Pickett early in the game in and brought the MVP in, Mitch Trubisky. So helped him win even better, bringing him in there. So, like, literally in going into the fourth quarter here with three minutes left in the game, it was 16-7. to The Steelers did drive down, make it 16-14, make it look like it was more respectable. But I'm telling you, it wasn't. The Steelers looked horrible. The Ravens are playing with Anthony Brown. Who is that? Who's Anthony Brown? It's just another guy. At this point, like, do they even have to have Lamar Jackson? Like, what makes Lamar Jackson special? They've been winning without him. Like, I, I don't understand. It's uh, it, it's mind-blowing to me, but the Ravens keep winning. Uh, they're sitting at 9-4, and four, and they have Anthony Brown as their quarterback. Never even heard of him. Well, you have now. <laughs> you have now. <laughs> he was 3-5 for five for 16 yards, just to be clear. All he had to do was hand the ball off. That's what he did. Yes. Well, how about talk about another big cat, Jay? Oh, let's keep going with the um, with the big cats. Uh, we had the Panthers versus the Seahawks again. This is another one going into this game. Clear winner is going to be the Seahawks uh, with Geno Smith playing as well as he has been. Uh, DK Metcalf. Um, you know, the only question mark is going to be at their running back, but the Seahawks are going to figure it out. Pete Carroll. Wrong. Sam Darnold. He's not seeing ghosts. You better call the Ghostbuster. Um, the Carolina Panthers win 30 to 24. Um, and it just, again, uh, not a game I expected at all. At one point, it was 17 to zero. Carolina kept that lead. They just uh, they hung in there, kept hanging points on them, and the Seahawks could not catch up. So shout out to Sam Darnold and the uh, Carolina Panthers. Now, you say Darnold's not seeing ghosts, but I think that entire Panthers team is seeing ghosts because I was watching this game, and I'm seeing, like, throws being made and catches, and then they're, like, fighting through invisible people or juking <laughs> invisible people to get to the next level. Do. I don't know if you guys saw any of this, but it was like yeah. a little flat throw to the tight end. He, like, catches the ball. There's nobody on him, and he, like... <laughs> 
fought through somebody. He like fought through a guy to get to the next level. But he got tackled first down. by people. I know what you're first talking down. about. And I was like, and you I was like to my wife. Yeah. I was watching with my wife. I'm like, I'm like. I think this guy's seeing ghosts with Darnold's. Like, I think they're all seeing ghosts on this Panthers team. And they're just fighting through them. They're like, get out of our way, ghost. We want this W. I think the coaches have the Ghostbusters on speed dial. Uh, I will say also, did you guys, I sent it to you. Did you watch that Terrence Marshall catch Yeah, where he legs. caught it yes. with his legs? Yeah. Perfect placement by Darnold. I Ooh, mean, uh, it like goes through his hands and he literally claps. Clamps on it with his upper thighs and just starts rolling on the football field, and the ball never touches the ground. Unbelievable catch! Uh, Yeah, Carolina Panthers. Well, you know, in the you've seen that in the huddle. Darnold talked about this after the game in the huddle. He went to Terrence Marshall and said, "You want to get a ESPN highlight? Be ready. (laughs) Be ready. (laughs) Be ready." Uh, The next game, the Broncos. And the Chiefs. What a barn burner. Chiefs won 34-28. They did. The Chiefs did their best to get the Broncos to win this game. Yes. (laughs) They gave the ball away. They let the Broncos score. They made Russell Wilson look like Russell Wilson again. And then they hit Russell Wilson really hard, and he got a big knot on his head and couldn't come (laughs) back in the game. But uh, he did throw some touchdown passes, so I do want to get the update here, John. Where are we at for the touchdown versus bathroom count? You know what? I didn't tell anybody this, and I should have because it would sound more believable. But for some reason, I had a weird dream this Saturday that Russell Wilson threw three touchdown passes. And I was like, that's a weird dream. That's never going to happen. And also, I'm watching the game, and Russell gets a touchdown. Then he gets another one. And then, sure enough, he gets three touchdowns this week to increase his touchdown total for the season to a whopping 11 total throwing touchdowns on the year. And as if I'm still confirmed from my insiders, they are talking about removing away two bathrooms from their home to take it to 10 <laughs> so he can get over that hump. But as of right now, it's still 12. So we're at 11 touchdowns to 12 bathrooms in the Russell Wilson and Sierra home. So uh, Broncos country, let's ride. And what's the motivation to bring him back? They're three and ten. They're already eliminated from playoffs. He got hit so hard. He like laid there on the ground. They tried to stand him up. Did you see how wobbly and woozy he was? There's no motivation to bring him back. I think he's gonna end the season below the bathroom count. I'm gonna tell you what the motivation is to bring him back. It's called okay. eighty billion dollars that they're paying him. <laughs> and if they if they if they bring him back in there and he gets hurt like a career ending injury, that's it. They don't have to keep yep. paying him. He's done. He's done. <laughs> so the president they, put him back in. <laughs> yeah, they want him they want him to go back in there and, and die or something. So they He's don't like, have to it doesn't him. hurt so much here, but <laughs> it hurts here. <laughs> Is there anything on my forehead? It hurts really hard right here. I, I don't feel see like anything. a bump. John Elway's like, Oh man, it looks good to me. Get in there. <laughs> he always had that horn in there, didn't he? Yeah. Moving on, though, uh, not a very exciting game to talk about. Uh, 49ers 35, Buccaneers 7. Uh, Back to you. Man, I'll tell you what. Those 49ers (laughs) wiped the floor with those Tampa Bay Yuccaneers. Boy, did they look good. 
everything they did worked against those Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and everything Tampa Bay did didn't work against that 49ers defense. What a show. I thought the Eagles won by a lot. The 49ers looked even more dominant in that game. That was and, Kyle Shanahan's revenge game for 28-3 against Brady because he wanted yeah. to score, and he wanted to murder that team. He did he not did want it. to let them off easy. And he that did was a, a pretty good job. Old-fashioned butt-whooping right there, man. I was watching that game, and I, I, I was getting hot over it, man. And it was like every time the Buccaneers did something good, it got called back on a penalty or something like that. I'm like, what are you doing, refs? You're not doing this right for Tom. You call it the opposite <laughs> way, not that way, man. Yeah, I don't think the I don't think Jimmy G's getting re-signed there after the way Brock Purdy looks too. I think uh, they'll be fine just keeping him and Trey Lance next year. Did mm-hmm. you have you looked up the Mister or irrelevant? Like the last person picked in the draft is Mister Irrelevant. Yes. And there's only four other quarterbacks who have ever been picked last. Two of them have never even played an NFL game. The only other one with a stat was one that came in and kneeled it down. So he has a stat of (laughs) one rush for negative one yards. (laughs) I did it, Mom. I made it. I did it, Mom. I made it. And so Brock Purdy to come in and play like he has is just... It's unbelievable Phenomenal. because it's never been done before, and I, I, I love it. It's pretty good, pretty good. Now the true test of time will be when Brock Purdy faces Bill Belichick and he doesn't expose him. Once that you happens, are correct. then we can start hyping him up. Till then, they still hasn't f- faced a good defensive coordinator, defensive head coach that can learn to scheme around him. John, are you ready for Todd Bowles to uh, pack up, move on? I am. Or are you more ready for Tom Brady to pack up and move on, find his next team? Tom Brady to pack up and move on. I just I don't know what happened with the direction of the 40, not 49ers, sorry, direction of the Buccaneers this year. Like, Todd Bowles, man, I don't understand how that defense can be so good the year before in the year before that and then fall that hard when he takes over head coaching duties like that should not happen and then byron left which you know that whole offense that was zooming the last two years up and down up and down the field touchdowns brady looks phenomenal record setting years now they have no chemistry and they can't do anything like there's got to be some changes yeah it's pretty it's pretty bad um another game that did not go the way um people predicted it would the dolphins versus the chargers uh dolphins are the high flying team they've got tua um they've got jalen waddle who um was back for this game he was not out you have tyreek hill who is the most explosive wide receiver in the game and they lose 17 to 23 and that score is feels way too close it wasn't even a contest for that Chargers defense. They shut Tua down. Tua was 10 for 28, 145 yards, one touchdown. 10 for 28, and it was a dogfight to get 10 completions. Uh, Derwin James and the Chargers defense 
they looked unbeatable. They were um, just right off when the ball was snapped, right into his face and taking him down. Justin Herbert looked pretty good, uh, 367 yards and a touchdown. I, just that that game shocked me. It was another one that shocked me. You know, you said Derwin James. He didn't even play that game. Did you know that? He was oh. out. They had five, <laughs> had five defensive starters See out that game. Five defensive starters out that game, and they played that good. It was this is the first time all year that the Chargers had a full weaponry of wide receivers for a game. The first time for a whole game they've had Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer, DeAndre Carter, and Mike Williams play. And wow. Justin Herbert looks I mean, he was under pressure and duress all night and he did so good at avoiding sacks and getting that ball out. It was un it was one of the best games I've ever seen him play. I think Herbert also passed Andrew Luck for the fastest to twelve thousand yards, maybe. Twelve or ten thousand yards in uh passing yards, fastest to reach it. Andrew Luck had it and Herbert Herbie fully loaded took it this week, so now he has that <laughs> title. Hmm. Uh, the game going on right now, the Monday night football game between the Patriots and the Cardinals. It looks like the Patriots are going to finish it off here, but they're winning 27 to 13, uh, just under five minutes to go. But in that game, Kyler Murray hurt his knee. Looks like it's going to be tore up. He's done for the season. Uh, so Patriots kind of got one given to him then. I was really hoping they were going to lose that game. But it uh, looks like they're going to win, keep their playoff hopes alive. And the Cardinals are probably done for the year after this one. And hopefully Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll be done after this year. <clears throat> All right, cronies. Tonight we're going to do some more Mount Rushmore's. We're going to do the AFC West. And we'll finish. We'll do the best for last. Thank you. Right, Jay? Okay. That's right. So we'll start off with the Las Vegas Vagers, formerly the Oakland Raiders, formerly the Los Angeles Raiders, formerly the Oakland Raiders, formerly the Los Angeles, and formerly the Oakland Raiders. Do they ever go to St. Louis at any point, or is that the Rams? (laughs) That was the Rams. That was the Rams. This was kind of a tough list. I came up with four here. I think there might be some debate here because they've had a pretty storied history. But uh, we'll see if we agree on these players or disagree, and then we'll go to the end and decide here. First player I came up with was one of the best running backs of all time. Um, We've actually had two of the best running backs of all time, but one had too short of a career, in my opinion. So I'm going to go with Marcus Allen on here, who helped them win a Super Bowl and had some very good years. Uh, I think he even won. I might be wrong, but I I think he might have won an MVP one year earlier in his career. But I got Marcus Allen on there. You guys agree with him? Yeah, I agree with Marcus Allen. I did have Marcus Allen on my list. I have a list of six players because I didn't know how this was going to go. But I agree. Let's put Marcus Allen on. All right. Next player I had, uh, one of the best uh, defensive players of all time. He did play for two teams, but he started with the Raiders, came back to the Raiders. Uh, Hall of Fame cornerback Charles Woodson. I did not have Woodson written down. Interesting. We'll put a pin in that one. Next on my list, I have uh, 
one of the best receivers of all time, downtown all around, Tim Brown. Yes, you guys sir. Agree with that? You got to say something. Yes, you can't sir. shake your head on a podcast. Okay. Yeah, yes, sir. I like that one. <laughs> and last on my list, uh, another great defensive player, just wreaked havoc in the '80s and early '90s, and he's great. He's been on Fox for years. Howie Long. Yep, defensive end Howie Long. Also, you can't forget his super smash hit movie Firestorm, where he played the axe throwing firefighter. Well, that's you guys going see that on movie? movie roulette. Yeah, have you guys never seen that? Oh no, man, you, no. that's going on movie. Wasn't roulette. Howie Long in Broken Arrow as well? I always remember him from uh, Broken, oh, Arrow. Broken Arrow. Yeah, he started that, that one though. Uh, well, who else did you have on your? I know there's some older players. I there really are know. some older players, and so these ones are all older, but they're all from the offensive line. So I do have to take in account when I look at some of these lists because these are from true fans out there. And so one of the ones that I thought um, that had a great story um, was the center Jim Otto. And Jim Otto was a part of uh, uh, the team uh, from 1960 to 1974. This was before the Super Bowl era. Um, He did not miss a single game as their starting center for 15 consecutive seasons. And so that was good for 210 regular season starts. During that time, he had over 40 surgeries. Uh, so he, he would literally have surgeries in between games and still make it out to play in one of the next games. So Otto's is the double zero. And so his number has been retired. And when you see that double zero, that's usually the marker for consistency and toughness in Raiders history. I just thought he had a cool story. So that's I mean, the only one I'll bring up. Players back then had to play every week because they got paid minimum wage back then. So they didn't have much of a choice. <laughs> You're not wrong. I just thought the toughness of this guy sounded yeah. amazing. Uh, so that's why I, I would shout him out. But I'm not against putting someone I even remember Charles Woodson on the list. Yeah, I just think Charles Woodson is one of the best corners of all time. Had a great career. Went to that Super Bowl the Raiders went to. Uh, won one with the Packers. Um, but as with the Raiders, though, he was always dominant. When he was with the Raiders early in his career, he's probably the best corner in football during that time. Yeah. I mean, I say we got to throw it back, though, to the old school guys who did win, like, four Super Bowls and – or having one Super Bowl with the Raiders and stuff like that and played in those playoff games. Woodson never really bought, brought that postseason success besides that one or two years with Rich Gannon in the in the playoffs. True. On. I mean, we got Howie Long, Marcus Allen, and Tim Brown on there. <laughs> Howie Long and Marcus Allen were on that Super Bowl. They are won a Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, but like Jay said, you have Otto, you got Gene Upshaw, and you got Art Shell all – all, yeah, those all, are all offensive linemen. linemen. Yep. I'm okay changing him out. Entire just, career with the Raiders. I, I would probably say three on there. I would probably say Art Shell if you're going to say he's one of the best offensive linemen of all time. But but that's up to you guys who you want to pick. I had all three of those linemen written down. I love Jim Otto's story, but I had Gene Upshaw and Art Shell in front of him. 
John, who do you want to put on there? I would say we put Art Shell on there. Art Shell, it is. With the Raiders, we'll go Art Shell. So Marcus Allen, the Raiders, Mount Rushmore. Marcus Allen, Art Shell, Tim Brown, and Howie Long. I love it. All right. Let's go to the Denver Broncos. Another storied history. Uh, went to several Super Bowls with John Elway, never won them. Then he won two of them to finish his career. Then they won another with Peyton Manning. So Couple. we have to put Russell Wilson on this Mount Rushmore. Yeah. What you're saying, right? <laughs> Not going on there. I'll start off the, obviously, John Elway is probably the face of this Mount Rushmore. I think yep. you guys can agree with that. And then you go a lot of different ways after John Elway. This is what I have down. I got Shannon Sharp, one of the best tight ends of all time. Finished his career as the number one tight end in every statistical category when he left. He did play with Baltimore and win a title there too, but his best years were with Denver, and he finished his career with Denver as well. The tight end with the loose mouth, I have him on the list. I'll never forget that game where they were beating the Patriots, and he got on that phone and act like he was calling the president. That was great. <laughs> uh, next I got on the list, uh, more of a current player. Uh, but when Peyton was there, he was the best defensive player in the league, one defensive player of the year, I think twice. Von Miller I got on here. Interesting. I did not have Von, but I'm not mad about that. He's okay. probably their best ever defensive player. They've had some good ones, but he's their best one they've ever had. Okay. And then I got, he had a short career, but he made a huge impact in that short time. And that's Terrell Davis I put on the list. The inventor of the mile high salute, yeah. Terrell Davis. Yep. So the only one I didn't have was Von Miller in his place. I had wide receiver Rod Smith. Um, yeah. Had over 10,000 yards receiving, Good won career. two Super yeah. Bowls. Um, just had a. He only played for the Broncos. That's all he ever played for. Spent 14 seasons with them. Um, So that's why I had Rod Smith on there. I don't know if I can put Von Miller over Champ Bailey if we're talking about a defender on the Mount Rushmore. Champ Bailey was good, too. The only thing with Champ Bailey is he played four or five years with Washington before he went there, and that was – Buffalo just signed a four-year deal with Von Miller. I know. I'm. I'm just saying. There, and he left him to go play for the Rams. My, I think Von Miller was the best defensive player on those teams. Over, I think he was the best defensive player they ever had. But Champ Bailey Who's was good. Play cornerback better, Champ Bailey or Von Miller? <laughs> <laughs> Jay, what's, tie, what's tiebreaker? He said Champ Bailey. I said Von Miller. And I don't know if I'm just blinded because I like um, Von Miller, but I would pick Von Miller over Champ Bailey. All right. Disjustice. Disjustice. (laughs) Champ Bailey just about made the cut. He was the next one on my list if I was going to put another one on there, was Champ Bailey. Uh, Steve Atwater was a good one, too, back in the day when John Elway was there. That was their best. He was their best. uh, Very good safety. But Broncos... Mount Rushmore, John Elway, Shannon Sharp, Von Miller, and Terrell Davis. Next up, the Los Angeles Chargers, formerly known as the San Diego Chargers. (laughs) Uh, 
to me, the first three on this list were super easy. The fourth one was hard. Started out with one of my favorite running backs of all time and one of the best ever, LT Ladanian Tomlinson. Next and up. That, that kids is why you don't smoke crack. <laughs> yeah. Not that LT. Next up. Oh, gosh. One of the best quarterbacks in the 70s and 80s. Had the most high powered offense of that time, and it wasn't even close. Dan Fouts. You're going to put Dan Fouts as the quarterback on the Mount Rushmore? Absolutely. Yep. If you say he's not as good as Philip Rivers, you're drunk. I'm not Phillip saying Rivers he's not played as in, good as Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers but played Phillip in Rivers. Okay, don't even talk about stats because Philip Rivers played in a different era. <laughs> if you compare Philip Rivers' teams to those San Diego teams back in the day, it's not even close how much superior they were in offense compared to any other team. The only thing holding Philip Rivers from being number one on the entire list is, Phillip Rivers. is because he doesn't have a Super Bowl victory. No. But Philip Rivers, I it know Dan Fouts. No, the Chargers have never won a Super Bowl. Yeah. I put Philip Rivers over Dan Fouts. John, you're obviously shaking your head. You don't. The agree difference with me. is Philip Rivers had LT, had a great defense. He had all these great players around him, and he could never win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Dan Fouts had trash and garbage <laughs> his entire career. Yeah, Don Corleone. It was like Archie coach, Manning. Yeah. It's like Archie Manning with the Saints. Okay, like Dan Fouts had no good teams around him his entire time there, and he still put up tough stats. So that's why Dan Fouts is on there over Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers had it, and he couldn't get it. Dan Fouts never had it. Well, all the records say otherwise, but all right, whatever. It's a different era. <laughs> Jeez, you, uh, uh. No, I respect it. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Com- yeah, you got to compare what they did with the other teams in that era. How many uh, years ne- did uh, Philip Rivers lead the league in passing yards? I have no idea. Dan Fouts did it four times. So I don't think Philip Rivers ever led it once. I don't, I don't yeah. think he ever did once. He was always in fantasy. He's always like a number ten quarterback all the time, ten or twelve. Uh, he was the Kirk Cousins before Kirk Cousins. <laughs> 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 Next on the list, one of my favorite defense players of all time, Junior Seau. Yep, love Junior Seau. Uh, and this this is where it gets dicey. You can go a lot of different ways. In fact, if you wanted to put Philip Rivers in this spot, you might. I put. Lance Allsworth on here. He's one of the best receivers of all time, Hall of Fame wide receiver during that Fouts era. There's only one receiver to put on there, bud, and that is tight end Antonio Antonio Gates. Gates. Yeah, that was the other one. I couldn't decide between those two, honestly, who to put on there. Um, Yeah, if down Fouts replaced Phillip Rivers, I'm done with Phillip Rivers. He's gone. (laughs) Send him down the river. Antonio (laughs) Gates, he is the one. I'm okay putting Gates on there. I'm okay. He shouldn't have even had an NFL career. He played college basketball. Yep. He started that mold before Tony Gonzalez. He was in the league before Tony playing basketball, and he uh, did those box-out catches, and everybody's like, wait a minute. So then that started that fad. Yeah, I think but, uh, uh, I think John's internet was kind of glitching. John, you were saying something about Gates. Yeah, Antonio Gates is my opinion. Does needs to be on the Mount Rushmore, especially when you talk Chargers. He is one of the all time great Chargers and tight ends of the game. He finished uh finished his career number two in every statistical category for tight end, only behind Tony Gonzalez. Yep. 
Which is crazy because the other guy I was debating between on there was Kellen Winslow Sr., yeah. who when he retired was the best tight end of all time, but he has yeah. since been passed up many times. But All right, the Chargers, Mount Rushmore, LaDainian Tomlinson, Dan Fouts, Junior Seau, and Antonio Gates. Now we'll finish it off with the Kansas City Chefs. Oh, Kansas City man. Chiefs. This oh, was a yeah, little baby. harder than I thought it was going to be, but uh, I feel pretty good about my list. Let's see how we compare. Uh, number one I'm going to have on here, uh, current player, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Uh, next I'm going to put on here, the greatest tight end of all time, Tony Gonzalez. Absolutely. Next, I'm going to put uh, one of my favorite defenders of all time, Derek Thomas. You've got my top three. Okay. This is where I might get a little bit different. I have for my last one, Len Dawson. Super Bowl winning down. quarterback. Super Bowl I winning know. Quarterback. I wrote him down. I don't know if I if I like the pick. You can change my mind. I wasn't totally sold on it. Uh, there's a lot of players to choose from. I took the uh, Super Bowl well, before Patrick Mahomes was their best quarterback yeah. on that uh, franchise. Don't talk about Elvis Gerback like he was never there. <laughs> uh, John, if you're looking at that, I saw you kind of, you look like you flinched a little on a couple of Ryan's picks. What, what What's going through your mind? Derek Thomas clearly on there. Um, Tony Gonzalez is clearly on there. I as much I saw you as, flinch on Patrick Mahomes. As great as Patrick Mahomes is, to me, a Mount Rushmore is about more of a legacy. Like we don't put uh, current current legacies there, up. pal. The legacy's <laughs> already there, pal. If he retired right now, I still think he's in the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> he retired right now. He's going in the Hall of Fame. That's how good he's been. <laughs> To me, though, Lynn Dawson needs to be on there. And so if we're going to have Mahomes, we have to have Lenny Dawson, too, because without Lynn Dawson, there is no Mahomes. There is no Chiefs, in all honesty. The guy smoked and drinked on the sideline in between <laughs> offense and defense. I mean, I'll get you put him on there. The other, the other names I had written down, I had two running backs, one of them being Priest Holmes, and then another one being Mr. Uh, Mr. Mark. Touchdown, Jamal Charles. Um who had uh, uh, he's fourth in franchise history with 43 rushing touchdowns in one season. What did he have one season? Uh, 19 like, touchdowns between rushing and receiving. That was back in 2013. Jamal Charles was literally known as the uh, the human joystick um, for video games. Another player I wrote down. He's also a current player. Is tight end Travis Kelsey and. The reason I did was because this past game, Kelsey hit his 10,000 career receiving yards. Not sure if you saw that yet or not. He did that 37 games quicker than Tony Gonzalez did. Um, let's see here. No other tight end in NFL history has more than four consecutive seasons of 1,000 yards receiving. He's already done it this year again. He's on seven consecutive seasons in a row. Um, Travis Kelsey has already carved his name out as one of the best tight ends of all time, and his career is still young. So if his career is still too young to put him on, I understand. 
But I just, if you guys love Lynn Dawson, I just, I felt like Priest Holmes uh, should get a shout out too. Uh, I think compared to Tony Gonzalez, his career's too young yet. And as far as those two running backs go, great running backs in a very short period of time. And Terrell Davis had a short period of time when we talked about the Broncos, but he did so much in that. I mean, 2,000 yards rushing, MVP. Oh, yeah. Super Bowl MVPs, won two Super Bowls. Those guys were great for fantasy on teams that weren't that great, Yeah, to be honest with you. So Travis Kelsey, to me, is is probably the next closest to being on this list, but I can't put him over Len Dawson, and I can't put him over Tony Gonzalez yet. No way he's over Tony. Tony's the number one tight end. Yep. Yeah. John, so you, you agree guys, with that? or I agree. We have to have Len Dawson on the list if it's Kansas City Chiefs. Like, all right. Mount Rushmore is all about legacy, so he has to be on there. Kansas City Chiefs, Mount Rushmore, Len Dawson, Derek Thomas, Tony Gonzalez, and Patrick Mahomes. This is a pretty good, uh, I'm pretty happy. good, pretty good teams there, I'll be honest with you. It's a good division. I'm happy with that. All right, next week we're going to do the NFC West. And we will uh, be with you all again next Tuesday to recap. Peace. We out of here. Thanks for joining us today on The Manchild Chronicles. You can find us on your favorite social media platforms at The Manchild Chronicles. Don't forget to join us every Friday for a new episode. That's all for now. See you next time.